such a man as you, John Hart. You came here alone, a stranger, hunted. And yet you have done what has never been done in all the past ages of us. You have joined green to green, and red to red, and red to green. It was not I who did it. It was love. You may say that now, and I may listen. For I am free. I've done many strange things. Many things that wise men would not have dared. But never did I dream of winning a woman like you. Will you be mine, Major Thoris? You know the answer. And thus it was, on a planet not my own, with the alarms of war sounding all around us, that I took a princess in my arms and I kissed her. On tape delay from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, Illinois. Dateline Jassoon. For fans of Edgar Rice Burroughs and Pulp Adventure. I'm your host, Elmo, and welcome to show number eight. We're going to be taking you directly to Barsoom by way of Minneapolis. Barsoom, do you read? Last week, J. the V. Joan Bledig and I made the trip from Chicago to Minneapolis to see the hardcover theater production of A Princess of Mars, which uh, is running at the Playwright Center there in Minneapolis through June 4th. A couple episodes ago, you may remember, I interviewed the writer-director of that production, Steve Schroer, and I was skeptical that uh, his troupe would be able to pull off putting this play on stage. I had no idea what to expect, and neither did Joan, and we entered the Twin Cities with a little bit of doubt what we were going to see when we went to this little theater in sort of a residential neighborhood. But we walked out of the theater uh, raving about how well Steve and his actors and uh, crew made Barsoom come to life. And I am going to continue to rave about this throughout this episode of Dateline Jassoom because they have done what Paramount has decided it is not time to do. And frankly, to tell you the truth, I am not so disappointed anymore that Paramount isn't putting uh, Princess on the big screen. At least they're not putting it on the screen for now. Because I've been to Barsoom, and I was taken there in a little theater in Minneapolis. Looking out over the Arizona desert, I could see a red pinprick burning in the sky. Mars, a planet named for the god of war. As I gazed, it seemed to call to me from across the unthinkable void, to attract me like on to the lodestone. My eyes closed, and I felt myself drawn across the trackless immensity of space.
John Carter is played by Jamie Rasmussen, who, along with the other actors, were good enough to sit down for a little question-and-answer session with the audience after the performance. And one of the things I had to ask him was just his general impression of the character, John Carter. I, I thought it was very cool being a superhero. I mean, it's something, it's, it's been different than anything I've ever played before, and um, I don't know, I mean, he's just, to me, I mean, I, I have a lot, of, I'm pretty empathetic towards him, so I mean, it's just like, um, I don't know, he's, he's got a lot of good values, and mm-hmm. uh, where he might not have, because I mean, he was for the South in the Civil War. I mean, if I if I really wanted to dissect it, but I, I don't know. I mean, just in a way, and, and Burroughs wrote it this way. I think people groan at, at John Carter a little bit because he is a superhero and and he is able to do amazing things, but not recognizing what Dejah Thoris is saying to him, and he right. can be such a bonehead in, in other things when 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 it comes to you know, women and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and and I, tried, get, I tried to get that, that in the that, adaptation to make yeah. him less perfect. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's his tragic flaw. I mean, yeah. it makes him more acceptable to me. Right. If he be perfect at everything, mm-hmm. you, you can connect him. Connecting with the characters is something that the actress who played Sola, Terry Ellison Bly, worried about too. Not only for herself, but for the audience. And in this clip from the Q&A, we also hear from Kieran Adcock, who played Dakova, and from Kevin Carnahan, who played Deja Thoris's father. I was quite nervous. What, <laughs> I read oh, why? Why about were you nervous? How it was gonna be on stage, and how I, as an actor, was gonna, like I don't—I've never been cast as a Martian before. <laughs> <laughs> Not many have. Yeah. And, uh, and just like reading the book, I thought like. On earth are we going to make this, I don't know, make this something that people are going to want to see and then I'm going to be able to figure out how to do myself. But, mm-hmm. And uh, I told Steve many times that I was definitely taken out of my comfort zone with this yeah. movie. <laughs> Is it because it just, did it seem kind of outlandish to you, the idea of a Civil War hero all of a sudden mm-hmm. appearing on Mars and there's giant green guys, did it just seem... Who's going to believe this? Or? I just thought, God, there's, it's got to be kind of easy to make this really bad. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's outlandish, but if you, if you commit to it and make it you know, something that you, even if you don't believe in it, so you can appear on Mars, but it's what happens, so go ahead and, and go with it you know, and make it something that is. Yeah. And tearing it into it with an earnest approach rather than us doing camp, mm-hmm. the camp is then in the audience's mind. Right. You know, and so I I think that preserves the flavor more. All I can say is, it worked. Here's Sola. Do you think Tal Hages will hold the Red Princess for ransom? No, he will give her death. Tal Hages always chooses death. (laughs) She is very beautiful. I had hoped they would hold her for ransom. Do not be weak, Sola. Oh, what kind of death? Do you think Tal Hages will give her? It will be public for the enjoyment of all thoughts. <laughs> I see no reason to kill this red woman. She has never harmed us and never would. It is only the men of her kind who make war, and their hatred of us 
Maybe no more than a reflection of our hatred of them. Red men are our mortal enemies. Wow. Everyone knows this. And yet, they live at peace with one another while we are fighting amongst ourselves. When ducks meet Warhoonians, they fight. When a tribe of ducks meets another tribe of ducks, they fight. But even within the tribe of ducks, there is always fighting. Each of you, take a look at the rest. How many of these would you kill if you could? And how many would kill you? It is sad, Sola, that you weren't born a million years ago when the hollows of this land were filled with water and the people were as soft as the stuff they say in <laughs> spending one's life swimming in a river of blood. Do not let Tars, Tarkis, hear you expressing such degenerate sentiments. Let him kill me then. It would be no worse a fate than continuing to live in this way. Joan and I arrived at the theater about a, an hour or so before the show was going to begin, and when we were lurking around backstage looking for someone to show us around, uh, Jesse Ray walked in, and he is the actor who plays Tars Tarkas. And it was sort of a surreal moment uh, when uh, I told him who we were, and, and he said, well, I'm Tars Tarkas. Um, <laughs> that was kind of fun. And here he is as Tars Tarkas. John Carter, a word. It is plain to see how things stand between you and the Red Princess. If you run off with her before I can deliver her to Tal Hages, it is I who shall have to account to him. It is I who shall have to fight him. And I know you will try. But I shall not kill you now because you have not yet done it. The Red Princess says there is nothing in green men except violence. I want you to know we can also be just. I asked Jesse and Jamie John Carter Rasmussen about the relationship between the two characters they played. I think a lot of it's kind of based on intrigue in the beginning. So I think that Tars Targets is very intrigued by kind of this new creature that's there that seems to be very powerful and, you know, something that they obviously can't really control. So I, mean, I think that's at, at the front of his mind, but I think that there's also kind of that, you know, maybe this is what we need element in. You know, like maybe this is what's going to change it, you know. Almost kind of like one of those ancient tales of this mysterious creature that will show up and kind of change the world. So I, mean, I think that's kind of, you know, what, what really goes on there for him. And it's kind of that changing element. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of see him click and say, you know, maybe he's right after all. Maybe, you know, we can kind of have this, maybe not completely, you know, compassionate world, but this world where we're not always at each other's throats. We're not always, you know, we're functioning and we're enjoying things. Yeah. I think John Carter also sees a lot of himself in Tars Tarkas. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a strong presence also, you know, he's... He's dangerous, he's, he's a warrior too, and he thinks outside the box, so I think he's approachable, first off, mm -hmm. more so than any of the other aliens or green people. Actress Amber Swenson did a great job portraying the princess Dejah Thoris. And like the other actors, uh, she had never read Burroughs 
before being cast in this production, but when she did sit down and read A Princess of Mars, she came to really admire and like this character, and I think it came across on stage. Here she is talking about Dejah Thoris. I guess I think of Dejah Thoris as this, this strong heroic heroine. Yeah. A lot of times you just have the damsel in distress, right. and I think, I think she's torn between two worlds. I think she, she feels the need to be strong, but she also feels that need to be comforted yeah. and to, to have someone to take care of her. And I don't know. I guess I always imagined her as a sort of humanitarian in this, this war-torn world. Right and just not really fitting in in that sense. And... The Regenic's daughter! A prize indeed! Why are you spying on us? We were not spying! We were on a scientific expedition! But I tell you what you already know, because our banners made plain that we came in peace. There can be no peace between green and red. There can be no peace because you love war too much! on Earth and heading home to Chicago, Joan and I stopped off at Hooters for lunch. (laughs) 
But uh, I don't know why that's funny. Uh, but we also found time for a conversation about the play. I mean, I would describe the costuming and set decoration as minimalistic, yeah. severely. Almost minimalistic. no, almost no props. Not even any swords, which disappointed me at first because I like a good sword fight. But as I got into the play and got into the story, you realize you don't even need swords in this production. Well, it, it seems to me that from what I recall of whatever little drama I studied back in high school that one of the beauties of a classical Greek play was that it was extremely minimalistic and mm -hmm. as far as we know props were either minimal or non-existent mm -hmm. and I think that the writer-director drew upon that to present his whole play I mean you know would you how would you describe his treatment of Burroughs work Excellent. Respectful? Was it respectful? I think it was respectful, and it was incredibly well done. And for a 90-minute show, roughly 90-minute show, with no intermission at all, mm -hmm. it never lagged. Mm -hmm. You never felt like it was dragging. It was like nonstop, even, even the quiet parts, and there are a few quiet parts in there, it was virtually non-stop from the minute it started till it ended. Yeah. And it was good. Which I hate to say, but sometimes The Princess of Mars, when I'm reading it, drags a little bit. <laughs> well, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're not even a Barsoom fan. No, I, I you, have to confess that my, my favorite Mars book is the Mastermind of Mars. Rah-rah! Mm -hmm. Rah! <laughs> that is my hero! But you, since we saw this play last night, you have been nothing but enthusiastic about it. And in fact, you want to drive back to Minneapolis uh, for the last weekend of the show to see it again. So that, that to me says a lot about how much you enjoyed this show. Uh, that's true. And I think I'm trying to convince you to drive back here. <laughs> I know you're kind of hankering to do that, but maybe I have to browbeat you more to, to get a definite yes out of you. Um, the actors, all talented actors, would you say? Uh, for community theater people, um, they were very good. Um, this play is dialogue to create mental imagery in the viewer's mind, mm -hmm. and it is nonstop. It is a nonstop barrage but it's a barrage you want to be the recipient of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they, uh, you told me that he just cast this, what, five weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, not that long and ago. And they did an incredible job. I only noticed one actor who was a little slow in maybe three places mm -hmm. with uh, his lines, but... He's probably the one who was replaced about two weeks ago because somebody had to drop out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he is forgiven. Mm -hmm. And even his slowness really wasn't... That it wasn't really detracting from the performance. It gave you a chance to take a deep breath and go, Okay, hit me again. Mm -hmm. 
How about the the guy that played John Carter? What, what did you think he did with the role? I think he did an excellent job. He had the right amount of pathos, I think is the word, mm-hmm. to portray the character. He did his soft the the soft southern drawl that of a Virginian that I I would expect Carter to speak, and he did that very well. Mm-hmm. And um, though he wasn't muscled to the teeth. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, Burroughs heroes really weren't of the you know bodybuilder type of uh, right. uh, muscle man. Yeah. Um, they're more uh, uh, sinuous and lean. Yeah. And um, he did a good job. Yeah. He had a and a lot of jumping around and a lot of crouching down and 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 he projected a, a pres. I I don't know if he's exactly the type that I pictured John Carter in my mind, but. He presented to me a, a John Carter persona in a lot of the the little things he did. I, I, I mean, there's there's one little line in there about when when one of the green men struck him or something, and and or, or talked to him in a certain way, and and he said, "You may be 15 feet tall, but nobody talks to me that way," and it just made me feel like that was John <laughs> Carter. You know? Yes, that 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 was Burroughs. That was John Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to come back. Gee, Jeff, can we come back? <laughs> okay, so you're if you're going to, I think you're going to say 10, but on a scale of 1 to 10 for a community theater production of a play that or, or, or a work that nobody ever expected to be put on stage, what would you give it? Uh, I'd give it an 11 because it's one louder. <laughs> just, just one extra notch, huh? Yeah, well, it's one louder. I've seen some discussion on uh, the email lists uh, in recently about some of the things that ERB Incorporated could do to spread the word about Edgar Rice Burroughs and, and get more attention paid to him. And one sort of, I, I don't even know if this is possible or if this could work, but I guess if I had one suggestion for ERB Incorporated, it might be this. Uh, get in touch with Steve Schroer, the director, uh, writer of this uh, uh, production, and buy the script from him and license it and get it distributed to high schools and colleges and community theaters around the country as one of the uh, plays that they can produce and put on stage, uh, sort of taking Steve's lead and uh, maybe some of the suggestions for how Hardcover put this on. And uh, I think you will find it will generate a lot of interest in Edgar Rice Burroughs. And it might also help out Hardcover, who I understand uh, is probably not even going to break even on this play. I've no connection with them, obviously. Um, I have no interest in this whatsoever, except as a fan. And uh, as a fan, I say that this show can create more fans. And more fans is good for me, because it gets more attention to my favorite author.
I think I heard a rumor that there is another Burroughs character currently on the stage um, in New York somewhere, somewhere out east. Uh, but we'll get to that on our next show coming up in two weeks. For now, we are way out of time. And I want to thank the Hardcover Theater for just a great time in Minneapolis. And I think Joan probably is going to end up talking me into going back. This is Elmo from the Barsoomian Blade Bureau in Chicago, signing off. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.